on the tee, Jack Nicholas. This is the minute the millions around the world have waited for. We will allow you to enjoy all of this. They are dancing in the pubs of Dublin. Harrington with an ace. And we have a shining star at sunset. Rory continues his run to greatness. The return to glory. Hi guys, welcome back to Johnny, the Christmas edition of the Bogeyman Golf Podcast. The Christmas special. Christmas, <laughs> Christmas. Well, just an, just an episode for you when you're out in your walk. Um, trying to walk off a bit of turkey, maybe, or you're trying to get um, an hour or so away from the family. You've had a lot of yeah, family of now so. at this point. Yeah, yeah, because let's face it, the weather hasn't been mighty for getting out onto the golf course. So uh, there's probably been a bit of walk and a bit of prep for a bit of getting over Christmas parties. Um, maybe regretting stuff that happened at Christmas parties. All of that, all of that kind of um, stuff has been happening. But um, how are you? Yeah, I'm all good. I'm all good. I see both of us are decked out in our quack hoodies. Um, hoodies, yes. Very yes. much hoodies season. It is indeed. So, um, yeah, both keep keeping us both nice, nice and warm. You were finishing up your Christmas shop in there. I was running a few errands as well. Picked up a new camera as well. As you, Excellent. As you can see, as people listening, obviously, clearly cannot see. But yeah, uh, both of us in our quack gear. So anyone, this is probably too late for anyone who is doing their Christmas shopping now. But if you go visit quackoff.com, you get 15% off if you enter in the coupon code bogeyman. Um, it could be a good New Year's gift for the person that you forgot at Christmas. We'll put it that way. The golfer in your life, the forgotten golfer. The forgotten golfer or the new golfer. Maybe that the person golfer, took up golf or got golf clubs over exactly. Christmas as a starter set. Although they, they need that quack gear to accompany it. There is 15%, I believe, off-site wide anyway at the moment. Uh for in the run up to Christmas. So you'll, you'll get the stuff pretty soon after Christmas. Like you can just say to someone, if it is a late present, say, sorry, I didn't get to see you, whatever, blah, blah. Like all of the excuses can be made. Um, like the golfer in your life isn't going to worry about that if it's a bit late. Yeah. So there's been a fair bit of golf going on, I guess. Uh, we will get into, we've got categories for kind of the PGA Tour player, DP World Tour player, whatever. Villain of the year is a good topic that I like. Um, so we've got we've got the the bogeyman awards. We'll call them later <laughs> on in the pod. But um, prestigious, coveted yeah. by nobody, <laughs> coveted, yeah. by nobody ever. yet, yet, yet. Every yeah. every award series has to begin somewhere, and this is just beginning very haphazardly <laughs> with us today. But the DP World Tour finished up their uh, last event of the 2022 calendar year. Uh, Antoine Rosner, Frenchman, has won the Mauritius Afrasian Open. Um, he set a record setting. He broke his course record on third round. Um, Gary Hurdy had another third good week in a row, finished tied for 18th. Tom McKibben tied for 40th. So that's four weeks, four cuts for Tom. Um, yeah, very nice. I think everyone's going to enjoy the few weeks off now over Christmas before we get into the Middle East swing they all really do actually look forward to well it, it, yeah we we've said this a number of times the middle east swing for for a, a viewing perspective is great it's really good it's such a good time they're four hours or so ahead of us that we can just you wake up and the golf's on straight away i love that we need we need more of that type of golf. and it does kick and it, that does kick off earlier than usual because effectively mm. the hero open 
or it's the hero open sorry the hero, hero team Cup. championships yeah um the, the Sevy trophy let's call it what it's <laughs> yeah. called bloody hell um that is i believe the 12th of jan so that mm. that is when that kicks off normally it's kind of later on in the month uh run into february but no we've we've got you've got a wee bit of a break you can go watch the darts or whatever the hell you watch over christmas and watch recaps of chronicles of an open golfer and all that, those reruns that happen by <laughs> sports golf and then kick into kick into that yeah um i think it's been it's been a good few weeks for gary um and really really good few weeks for tom john unfortunately again had a tough uh second round in mauritius uh with an 84 to to miss the cut pretty close to the number as well again it was it was tough because he, he had a good first round but um i think all those guys would I, I didn't see much at 84 and he was close to the number. God, that's... Well, he's close to the number. Yeah, I think he's got like four, four under on the first day or something. Um, um, That's that's hard to... That's hard to take. Bloody hell. Um, yeah. Especially, look, it's not limited field as such. Like, certainly there are the fields that you would like to be picking up a few of your points on. Uh, but like, crikey, that's not going to... Yeah, it's just a bit soul destroying for him. I'd say that now to end the season on that kind of a note. But now maybe that just might be a lot of fatigue with that, a lot of travel. Like in fairness, that's since since those guys have got their tour cards, um, it's been pretty jam packed, hasn't it? Yeah, because they went from from Q school pretty much straight, or they had like a week off, did they? Yeah, but they had one week of downtime, yeah. and then. And then straight down to South Africa. So yeah, so John opened his round. Uh, let's say if 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 he started in the first hole, uh, bogey, double, triple, bogey, quad, bogey, birdie. Yikes! That's that would, yeah. That would tough. Get much at a on a winter league team, would it? Yeah, that's been that's been tough for him. But he's got the Christmas break now, and then he'll be back at yeah. it for the next. For the next block, and we wish him we wish him the best. Also going on at the moment then is the uh, Ladies European Tour final stage of Q School, which I think has actually been a very interesting story. There's a lot of um quite quite big names for the Ladies European Tour on it, like Louise Duncan, who obviously Walker Cup fame. Mm. She got into final stage of Q School by shooting a 64 in second stage in the last round to get into it. Um, people like Amy Bolden and Annabelle Dimmock. Are all are all in the field. It's um five days. There's a cut after the seventy second hole, so after four rounds, which is today, top fifty advanced through, and there's 146 in the field again, like, like a typical tour event. Um, and yeah, it's it's there's a pretty big list of people who have missed the cut, like Christina Napliova, who I played with at the uh, Women's Irish Open Pro Am. Her, she's a super interesting player from Czech Republic. She used to play football professionally. Wow. For, yeah, for Sparta Prague and for the Czech Republic national team. And only took up golf six years ago, I think now. And this, 2020, yeah, 2022 was her rookie season. Um, So it was kind of tough to see that she didn't make it into the new year or the, into the new season. But her story is sick. It is so cool. That's that's pretty impressive. Yeah. Um. Obviously, a very good player. Yeah. Yeah. Great player. Um. Hits hits the ball a mile. Um. She would openly say that her short game is not the best. Um. But yeah, it's such a cool story. Former freshman footballer and transitioned over to golf. You hear like of there's a few people on Instagram and stuff like that that kind of are documenting their journey of trying to do that as well. Yeah. 
and like there's a guy soccer to golf and there's another one rugby to golf so for her to actually have done that and, and played on the let is pretty sick pretty cool that is that that's pretty impressive um the i i, I did have a quick look at at that um at that field and it's there, there's a lot of surprising people that you wouldn't have thought would have ended up at Q school. I suppose people who have been competing throughout the year. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it was, uh, it was, it kind of testament to, to how hard it is for them to get, or for anyone to get onto tour. Like I suppose it's as stacked as it is in the, uh, from a men's perspective when, when you do look at it. And um, so as in, there's a lot of, a lot of names there that Lucy Machron is one that I'm just looking at here right now that are, gonna miss out she's missed the the 72 all cut um and that'll give you an idea on or she, she's just got in on the 72 she just got cut. in yeah yeah just got in and you're just like Jeepers. like that so that's the level to, to yeah that has that has to be reached yeah like um kamisha Valle, who i think she had a string of like second places uh another french player she's missed the she's missed the cut so she's not in for the for the season i think there's some kind of status that they get for oh, there'll be a category of course for yeah. getting to find at, at final stage there's always a category and there everyone will be categorized um when they get the final stage it's just a case of <clears throat> what how many starts that they do get uh it obviously is severely severely limited given the more i suppose restricted nature of their calendar yeah because their season hasn't their calendar hasn't been announced yet i think it comes out this week or next week there's some um, events that are announced aren't they that's but well there's yeah the the women's irish opens back irish and Open. that's going to be the week before the men's irish opens so that's going to be an intense 14 days it'll be good it'll yeah, be great plenty of golf to be got jeez yeah because you imagine going from the women's to the men's back to back as like a just like as a golf spectator that'd be great no it's great very very good um so yeah i think i always find like You've said a number of times that Q School is an interesting one that sometimes it'd be great to just kind of close the gates and let them all at it, which is kind of what's going on here because like there's no cameras on site, there's no commentary. The only way you can keep up to date to what's going on is through the app. Yeah. I think equally well it'd be also be so cool to follow a few stories or just to be to be on site to watch it because <laughs> it is I'd say it's it has to be so grim. Uh I'm always of the opinion that, yeah, you're right. And I've said it. It's like, just close the doors behind you. Last guy in, close the door behind him. And we'll let you know who the 25 are at the end of however long it takes. And no updates, no scoreboards, no anything. Because I, it's just, in so far as, in general, professional sport um, exists within a team environment. Obviously, there are individual sports that exist within that like team, um, tennis, etc. Mm. Where you are on your own, if you don't play well, you don't, uh, you don't take any money home. Um, yeah. There's very few sports that are like that. You're a professional rugby player, soccer player, basketball player, um, volleyball player, whatever it is. You're tied to a contract at the very little, at the very least. You, um yeah you're salaried to salary. a degree yeah you're salaried uh you are guaranteed your accommodation and your flight so if you're playing for a team you're flown to where the matches are it's not like you have to pay your own bill or you pay your own hotel and there is now in saying that when you lose your job at a professional level in a team sport there's nowhere else to go now that's the other side of it that there is no safety net there at all. If you lose your contract and you're not picked up by a team, 
in this, but whereas this is a little bit different, your destiny is always in your own hands. Um, and it's the ultimate meritocracy, I suppose, is the best way to describe it. Uh, but it's when you get to this part of the year where people are literally going, especially on the LET, is that they're god there's not there's nothing really beyond it for like there's let access and whatever but you might pop over to the us and join a symmetra tour or something along those lines but the the chances are few and far between and it's incredibly tough and you just see these people and they're trying to ban like those people there's a lot of people there missing the cut like 80 odd who 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 don't know what they're doing next year then and it's oh look i feel incredibly sorry but and the guys and girls like i'm just looking and i'm thinking of the likes of Owen lester and Stuart graham who didn't work out from q school here didn't get through on um, their category out of the euro pro tour uh went over to try the asian tour that didn't happen and you're just like there's so much money gone in and been invested by them for literally nothing they have nothing to fall back on now because the tour that they would have normally been been on next year just doesn't exist anymore. So grim, so yeah. grim. Um, and you just wonder where it must be very hard to keep motivating yourself to do that over and over and over. Like you'd be very, I'd say if you're those guys, you're very envious of <clears throat> the guys who kind of like Tom McKibben who comes in, bounces from his challenge truck card, does well onto his, uh, tour cards it all seems very easy not relatively from speaking. the outside for sure yeah. from the outside as in it all seems this all seems to be following a very structured path for them to to be successful now obviously they play very well it's not like they're getting any preferential treatment they mm. are just going and playing better than the guys who are struggling like that's as i said meritocracy that's the very nature of it um yeah just Every time Q scooter comes up, I'm just like, there's just no joy in it for anybody. Like the people who get their card are just relieved. The mm -hmm. people who, and then there's God, so 145 people there. So there's a there's 120 people who are got, like going home with no job next year. So because with because yeah. like, I, I was looking I was looking at the the event page on the Lazier's Pintor website and. You, there's the details there for people who want to apply for it for next season or whatever and so there's also there's the entry fee which is a couple of grand to yeah. enter into it they have the hotel has special rates for players and caddies so if it's if you're an individual room it's 90 quid a night and you can be on site to practice for the week before the event mm. so if you're there for like what's, what's it call it 10 nights that's yeah. 900 quid for an individual room for a player on top of your entry fee. On top then of there's car rental, for, yeah, travel. Yeah, caddy for six rounds. Um, more, you have a caddy for two weeks, uh, effectively. Um, like, And first place at Q School, on top of your card, is 10 grand. That, like, you're not getting much change out of 10 grand if you win. And no. you're spending all that money to get there. And you're like, oh my God. It's not. I want to say it's a grim existence, but it's it's the door that opens to an amazing existence if things kind of go right. And like you're saying, if things start clicking for players and things start looking like they're coming easy, like a player. And we spoke about this loads. A player could just be one good week away from Q school being the catalyst to them having a great season and 
doing what Seamus has done on the PGA Tour now, you know? Yeah. And oh, it's, it's such a an emotional roller coaster, which again is kind of why I'm like, I'd kind of like to watch it from afar. <laughs> from <laughs> Not afar, be involved, yeah. but just kind of just watch the chaos and carnage and exactly. sue in front of me. Exactly. One less chaotic event that has been going on on the weekend was the PNC Championship. So our own poor Carrington and his son Paddy were playing in it. But the headline, the main headline, has got to be obviously that Tiger Woods is back playing with Charlie, who is now kind of, you know, his voice is broken. He's a little bit taller, <laughs> he's stockier. He's no longer like this cute kid. He's kind of like, all right, here's Charlie he's a, Woods. He's he's a tank. I know, isn't he? 13. I did not fucking look like that at 13. Jesus. It was not built he's like a, that at all. He's a bit of a tank. Um, Very, very Rory-esque swing to, to him. Uh, a lot of the... Well, wasn't that what Tiger said was don't copy my swing, copy don't Rory's? Copy, yeah. Uh, he's gone to the length of emulating his father to the point that he has now developed a limp, um, <laughs> which <laughs> I mean, he rolled his ankle. <laughs> seems to fit the persona. I know it's um, it's cool. It's a cool tournament. Um, I actually don't mind watching it to be honest. Uh, at all of all of those uh, mean nothing tournaments that happen towards the end of the year, I'll actually if it's on, I won't ignore it. But <laughs> I think that's the best way to describe it. Um, VJ Singh one with his son who's like in this thing since 2003 so uh, that's quite a bit a long game were they (laughs) yeah I think the most impressive person most impressive player I think in the ones that we don't see it's nice to see look I I really love watching Justin Thomas all the time to be honest Um, John Daly Jr. is a very impressive hitter of a golf ball Um, very very impressive he has all of his kind of father's like seemingly wildness in his swing or violence i think is the best word to describe it yeah it's gonna say aggression far more yeah. <clears throat> far more polished um looking but these two are very very good at this format because in fact if you've got two like john daly is obviously magic at this format he just obviously loves it rocks up i think i did see a tweet where he had john daly's tea time is at 151 John Daly has that. just arrived at 121. Uh, he had two cigarettes, four Diet Cokes, 10 swings, and then went to the first tee. And I was like, John Daly is playing winter league golf. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he, he's just, just, he just does what he does. They're all riding around in carts, just generally having a fairly chilled out time about it. Um, although it's competitive, like they, they take it very seriously. I think they take the golf pretty seriously, to be honest. It's you don't see any of this course. The course is like a complete byproduct. It doesn't really matter what the course is at all. It's one of these resort places in Orlando, attached to a hotel, whatever. Does the job perfectly for what this is. Um, and it's although I will say that you see in pieces other people, but if you go, do want to go and watch Tiger Woods for eighteen holes. This is and just and Justin Thomas for eighteen holes. This is this is the one you're gonna get. Yeah, best chance to cameras out there, and that's it. Yeah, um, it looks like so, a lot of fun. I it think it does look like a lot of fun. Um, like easy watch, a bit of a nightmare from the commentary perspective. Just oh god, there's only so much like talking to Charlie that you can hear or whatever. It's like there are other cool players to to watch, like show a bit more. Like the not see, I think right about now. The novelty's gone off, Charlie, because when I suppose 
when he came as like a 10 year old or whatever, 11 year old, it's like, Jesus, this 11 year old is really impressive. When you get to that level, the age he's probably getting towards now, the kind of 13, 14, 15, 16, you're only probably, if you look at the Walker Cup and the panel, there's mm. two are only three years older than him on that panel. So the, the novelty of the young kid who's very impressive disappears. Uh, the novelty of seeing Tiger Woods' son has obviously uh, d- diminishes because he becomes more familiar, etc. Yes, yeah, um, kind of got to the point now where you're right, like you're a golfer, you're good. Like, you're, you're a player, what are you gonna like you What are, are you gonna do? To all intents and purposes, you're probably a full. Yeah. You are probably a full time player with all of the means whereby you could be <clears throat> a, a, a professional golfer. Very, very. It, it's it's all set up for you for that. So let's not be too uh, drawn into the gimmick. And I'd like to see him do the John Daly Jr. thing now. And like he, they, I think they won that when he was only 15. I, I think it was. And he was unbelievably impressive back then. So like, okay, now you have to go and be a proper, proper player. Hmm. Does John but Daly we, have ambition? talk about a 13 year old like that is a bit weird. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you definitely have these conversations around clubs though i mean like take away the charlie woods element of it like you're definitely hearing conversations amongst membership of some 13 year old and you're like yeah but is he any good like what's he what's he playing like how does he yeah how does he stack up and you kind of ask the older members or the the older players in the club have you played with this kid like what's he like to get a feel for it and uh, i mean has anyone asked charlie Woods? does he actually want to pursue golf or like because that's a tough cross to bear Ah, look, what else is he going to do? <laughs> yeah, live off Tiger's money. I, don't know, like, I think he could very easily do nothing. Yeah, like he won't, one, he won't be less to like, okay, so let's take it that he might go down the John Daly Jr. route, which means the college, like there's a long way to go for him to, like there's probably a lot of markers, like he's probably still in those AJGAs or whatever it's called, the American Junior Golf Association stuff, probably only starting that side of it. Um, he's four years away from even going to college, at which he no doubt will to play and will play. Um, mm. and then like then see where 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 the chips fall. Um, but you're kind of he he can there's someone there that has had a relative level of experience or a relative um who can relate maybe a bit more is someone whose dad is a very much not the most famous person in the world or in the golf world, but certainly was one of the most um, in John Daly. So obviously two very different upbringings, etc. <laughs> but their notoriety would be there. Yeah, uh, I think it's the best way to describe it. But yeah, look look how he goes in in Arkansas, for example. We haven't really seen him pop up much. Whatever, I think he's actually redshirting as a which means you get your first first year pass, I believe. So um. Uh yeah, it's 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 nice to see. It's interesting. It's good for this time of year, isn't it? It's a bit of novelty. Yeah, it's nice watching, especially with the weather we had. Yeah, we were freezing our nuts off over here to watch people play with warm weather <laughs> golf. Was kind of yeah, you could yeah, emulate nice. it, and he was like, "Oh, that's nice. That's nice for them." That's really nice for them. So you spoke about or made reference to the Walker Cup. So the nineteen player squad was announced and within that are a couple of Irishmen one of whom obviously Peter O'Keefe who has been very bullish about the fact that he wants to be on this team he, he made really does, yeah. he made a statement there uh, 
about midway through this this season that he wanted to be on the squad. Um, and he again posted something when the 19 person squad was up and he was in it. He was, you know, understandably delighted and doubled down that this is what he wants. So to see his name there is it's absolutely brilliant. He's um he's like the modern day consummate amateur, isn't he? He's you know well yeah, he, he yeah, has his yeah. own business, he has his own job, he isn't like a a full-time amateur in the case that like he doesn't work and only plays golf he's a full-time amateur and a full-time business owner and has a day job mm, yeah um, it happens to be golf related but yeah i uh he would probably train around golf probably more than most anyway uh will probably do more than most in relating to like certainly the physical aspects of golf mm-hmm. um yeah, it's a like it's a pretty stacked panel. I know he's obviously very vocal about it, but the like there's probably there's a lot of names there. I might go through the panel as from Wales, James Ashfield, Matthew McLean from Ireland, Josh Berry from England, Rob Morn from Ireland, Barkley Brown from England, uh, who is the guy who had a very, very deep run in the open uh last year, uh in St Andrews. And is a former panel member. Uh, Liam Nolan from Galway, Archie Davis from Wales, Peter O'Keefe from Douglas, Aaron Edwards Hill, uh, former winner of the North of Ireland, Mark Power from Kilkenny, who was on the last Worker Cup panel uh, with John Murphy, if you remember, Hugh Foley from Royal Dublin, Dylan Shaw Radford from England, Connor Graham from Blair Gary in Scotland, who is 16 years of age, uh, Callum Scott from Scotland, John Goff, who is an unbelievably talented player uh, from England, Harley Smith from England, Josh Hill, who plays out of Dubai, but is English, uh, Tyler Weaver, who's English, and Frank Kennedy plays out of Trump National in uh, Jupiter in Florida, but he's English. Now, just to put into context, we were talking about ages of players there. There is one 16-year-old. There is five 17-year-olds. Uh, there is one 18 year old <laughs> there is one 19 year old a couple who are 21 matt mclean is 29 uh, uh a couple of 22 year olds in around, kind of dashed in around there and peter o'keefe is 41 so there's a couple of people in there that he is at least double the age of which is i suppose the nature of amateur golf it's nature of golf in general mm. but that gives you an idea as we go back to context of talking with very 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 good players uh, around the world um that frank kennedy kid has popped up everywhere he's fairly heavily backed i think by isn't it taylor made Nadidas. so you see a lot of him he gets in with a lot of the kind of golf youtuber crowds mm. um aaron edwards hill is coached by jeff lockery in rogan's town um a few are connections there obviously liam nolan is from galway Rob Moore from the Castle, Matt is from Malone, Peter from Douglas, um, and uh, Mark Power is in his last year over in Wake Forest. So, like, there's a lot of experience on that panel. Um, there's a lot of youth on that panel. So, what I'm just wondering is maybe the maybe does that experience help Peter in some way? And that there's a lot of young people on that panel. Would they go with a lot of that youth? Um, it'd be it'd be a tough call, but an interesting one nonetheless hard to know because didn't didn't the u.s team in the last walker cup have uh an older amateur on their squad as well who stuart Hagestad, yeah. stuart Hagestad, yeah so yeah. Y- it could be 
you know, we're getting into how they're going to form this team here, but you could have like an anchor of the of the team who would be someone like Peter, who's you know been around the block, played professionally, came back to the amateur scene, and I mean, maybe maybe that experience is there to balance the yeah. youth and the inexperience yeah. of of a sixteen year old. You know, but yeah. Look, potentially, um, look that it's it's very much a practice panel that is just the. The provisional ones, like if you look at if you look at the US team, Stuart Hagestad is in there. There's not many names that you will that you will recognize, but what you do notice is a very different kind of an age profile to them. They don't have that like the youngest. There is a 17-year-old on that panel, but it's very much kind of sophomore juniors in college. Mm-hmm. Uh kind of interspersed with a couple of people who are a little bit older. Stuart Hagestad is there, actually, as I was saying. And Evan Beck. Evan Beck was actually one of the guys. Uh, who went quite deep in the US mid-arm that Matt McLean won. So, and Stuart Hagestad is a guy who kind of perennially wins the U- US mid-arm and goes and plays in Augusta. And he's a trust fund kid and basically a full-time um, full-time player, really, to be honest. Um, so, yeah, so there are the two panels and they're picked for their respective sessions or whatever they call them or get-togethers over, there, over the next while. Uh, that's in St. Andrews in September uh, next year. And along the way, there's a lot of golf to be played along the way for a lot of those guys, including Matt McLean, who officially, and I know we geez, felt felt quite bad when we did the podcast from him because we kept on mentioning the Masters to him, but he did not have the invite. And he was, um, I believe the official list came out today. Uh, and lo and below, his name is on it. Yeah, I, th- I think we were talking about it, and it was a matter of formality that the actual invitation hadn't been sent to him at, at that time, but... He was always going to be in, always going to be in the field. So yes. great, great to see that he is actually going to be there now. And yeah, yeah, yeah be... he's there. So it's all good. So rest easy. That's your Christmas present, Matt. You've, um, you've, 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 you've got that in the back pocket along with your uh, U.S. Open invites and your, I think it's something else. U.S. Am invite. Yeah, it's loads, ton, tons there for him. So. Uh, if you wanted to listen back to that, he goes into it in a fair bit of detail uh, on the podcast we did with him last month uh, and the video that we shot with him around um, around Castle Rock where he just kind of cruised around a nice little seven under just tipping about upon a, for an afternoon. So yeah, so that was probably the, the one big kind of announcement from the amateur side, I think, wasn't it? I think so, yeah. Um, it's kind of down season or quiet season at the moment as well i guess everywhere here has been frozen so there's not been a whole lot of golf going on but i don't think there's been anything else from the amateur side no that no and look there there won't be for for some time i think there's a couple of guys i think patrick keeling had a win over in the toro tour over in um over in spain portugal uh over the last while a few guys are gonna have for warm weather camps here there and everywhere Mm -hmm. uh to try and get a bit of golf in i think uh, there's a, a limited amount of competitive stuff you can actually do at the moment so um it's like the rest of us a lot of them are stuck down in cold driving ranges around the around the country trying not to hit them badly off the toe and send a shock up your elbow that rattles the teeth in your head have you been going to the range or anything or have you just been mm, taking no. a break from the clubs now taking a break uh taking a break trying to sort my back out and stuff so Trying to get over a few bits and pieces and injuries and just generally taking it a bit easier. Um, I'm actually off now for Christmas, so I'm actually going out for a few holes tomorrow. Um, so we'll see how uh, we'll see how that transpires. 
bit of fun. Bit of Did you get to stuff. have that uh, family golf golf game? No, it was or... unfortunately cancelled due to uh, well freezing weather. Let's be face it. Let's let's face it. It was uh, there wasn't much we could do. Uh, we were thwarted, thwarted. So we'll have to uh, we'll have to rearrange over the, over the coming over the coming weeks. Yeah, and what's the form for that? Is that just like is that a team thing or the just like oh a yeah, it's single the same. stroke it's, player? Uh, it's the same two ball against each other all the time for, for like five years. So it's I believe it's three two in the match. So we'll just keep on going till. <laughs> Till till whatever, um yeah. So no, it's an it's a nice little setup that we, that we've got going. The handicaps can, tend to work quite well as well. So uh, I'm just basically too much of a liability, too low to be even a feature in these things. So no one wants to play with me, really, to be honest. And so, uh, so you you said you were going back into you working on your back. Is that like part of a wintering training that you're doing ahead of the new season? Or no, I I did what's going on last year with my back um playing so i was like trying to preempt this it's not sore but i just don't want to try i want to try and get it to a level where it's not getting sore when i'm playing a lot um like i had to pull out of the east last year in the warm-up um before the round if you remember and it was bugging me for a few tournaments as well um so yeah just try and be more sensible and be more athletic and just be a bit fitter i think as well um so just trying to do that uh which is which is going all right um and getting a bit of golf in when I can. It's great. St. Anne's is open, it's dry, it's links, it's proper links turf. So you're not slopping around in mud anywhere, which is great. Yeah. I've got back into the so I a couple of years ago, when we started this podcast, um, I got a program from Robbie Cannon and just I don't think I've been in the place or had the headspace to to dedicate some proper time to the gym. And in the last year in particular um fucking it was to be honest a pretty tough year personally and then in the last i say three weeks i finally got to a point where my health actually became not my last priority or my least priority and so i rejoined the gym and i started to do that program that robbie gave me and um three weeks into it now i'm already feeling a lot better which is which is great and going to try and stick to that now over the winter and take it into the new season and just just commit to a healthier lifestyle and healthier program that'll a help my golf and just be kind of just help me which is always always nice yeah no it's and in fairness like robbie's nearly his his, his programs can just live in perpetuity really to be mm-hmm. honest they're they're that good like I think there's a lot of people try to reinvent the wheel with some of this stuff and maybe some of it's more targeted at players at certain levels but i think he certainly does an awful lot of good work making you generally more mobile more agile um stronger so yeah so like be a big advocate of, of the work that, that he does yeah big thing for him with me was was mobility and actually i played c point there yesterday with my uncle we play kind of a round of golf every christmas or one or two rounds every christmas as well and you do definitely notice that like the workouts or the movements that robbie has given you translate across to the swing because it's all just just movement and you're like oh well this is instantly helping which is which is always very nice c point as well very very nice golf course go on tell us about it yeah i'd say it's it's a not true link style links golf course let's say the final three to four holes would be its most links 
esque, we'll call it. Um, front nine is a bit more turf, parklandy in its feel, but I'd liken it as a category of golf club, we'll say, to Arclow Golf Links, where it's a it's a good fun track. It's not going to beat the crap out of you unless you let it or and unless you start sending the golf ball into pretty some pretty wild places. It was blown a gale there yesterday. So if you just play sensibly, like I hit more four irons off the tee to give myself kind of 160, 170 in rather than trying to take on too much with a driver or a three wood. It's an incredibly playable golf course in that sense. Um I would say the one kind of downfall that I have with it, which I mean, there's not a huge amount that it can do with the land is what it is. You don't see the sea until the 15th green, 16th tee. Um, whereas when you play a lot, a lot of links golf courses and some of the some great links courses, you feel like you're always kind of like one step away from the ocean, which is a nice sense to, to get when you're playing links golf, but you just don't really get that until you get to like the 15th, 15th green. Well, you could say that about Marnock too. Um, yeah, but you, you know no, it's always I, I, there. I'm, you know? I'm being facetious. No, I'm being no. facetious. It's just the 15th is ironically the first time you see the sea really in Port Marnock as well, when you think about it. Um, it's No, I've heard some really, really good things about it. I've heard they've done an unbelievable job on the building, etc. Mm. Um, like in the, I think the offering is a little bit more than just the course, isn't it? I think it's... For sure. <clears throat> it's it's geared towards and look i think the, the goal behind that group was to have a a course adjacent to uh adjacent to county loud to, to baltray that was um an alternate rather than a competitor mm. um in terms of having maybe having a 36 hole day it'd be a really nice 36 hole routing actually in it'd be a super complementary course to exactly to somewhere think, like if you go and play baltray if you're a group for sure yeah Definitely. And, and I think they're they're going to target that. And look, with a lot of people who come over. Now, what I will say, I have heard when it goes get to summer as well, that inner side of it hardens up and gets more linksy in a way that. Oh, yeah, you can you can see how it does for sure. Like it's, yeah. there, it's not when I say Parkland, like it's not tree lined. And no, it doesn't no. have like long, dark green rough. It certainly looks and plays i'm sure it does in the summer let's say the ball rolls a mile exactly and what it plays like and look we've had experience of courses like this recently it plays more like an art glass it plays more like a late end betty's town mm. it plays like a um let me think uh like a castle rock actually would you believe that it has, is that kind yeah. of um that element that runs by the, the railway line in Castle Rock is not, doesn't feel links you until it gets burnt out in the summer and then it is. So I think, uh, look, it is in their development plans to linksify, I think, that part of it. Uh, I believe it's probably the best made up word to describe what their development plans are. Yeah. But um, certainly. I was chatting, uh, I was chatting to, to Ed in, in there uh, and he was saying that, yeah, there, so for the front line in particular, um, although apparently the front line plays harder than the back line. He's saying that they're going to be putting a fair bit of investment into the course over the next year or two to make it more of a links style yep. front nine as well. Um, but yeah, it was great. It's great, great, great day, great course. And yeah, the wind was just was howling like howling. the tenth hole. Um, yeah, yesterday was just 
it was playing very, very, very long. But then the, the wind settled then, and actually the way the wind was blowing on the day, 16, 17, 18, were all downwind, and it was gorgeous. You had the, you had the ocean on, on your right-hand right side. side yeah. wind, wind blowing off the left, so everything was kind of pushing over to the to the sea but it was yeah it was gorgeous it's really nice and it was kind of the second time that i've played i'd say a proper round of golf i think a lot of time when we play there's a camera there or you're, you're doing something for social so you never really get to concentrate on the golf and so what i would say whenever we play golf is i definitely don't call it golf because there's a camera or there's a microphone somewhere and the last thing that i'm actually ever focused on is the actual golf so yeah, it was a good game. Beat my uncle four up, which was nice. Shot Excellent. shot eighty one, which was um kind of about where I'm playing these days, is kind of like eight or nine over. Um definitely not playing to six at the moment, but it's not the time for it, Johnny. It's not the, it's time, not the time for, time for it. it. No, exactly. This not is the it. time for it. Uh, plenty of plenty of time left in the year to to be to be pulling scores. All you want to be doing is winning fivers these days. Yeah, exactly. Match <laughs> get match the bragging rights for Christmas. Exactly. Match play only. No, uh, no, uh, nothing other than a fiver on the line. Um. Well, so where are you play then tomorrow? Uh, St. Dan's. Pop out for nine holes. I think. I think there's a Wednesday comp that will probably throw a fiver in to try and try and uh, see if we can win some. Pro shop credit, I believe, is probably where I'm at at the moment. Johnny, I haven't, I haven't swung a club in ages. So, uh, like, it's been definitely, I say ages, I haven't swung a club in definitely over a week. So, uh, which is a long time to, for me, to be honest. Um, but the the new year will, the new year will be back into it fairly quickly and trying to ramp up and get a couple of good scores in and play a lot more. That's, that's the goal to try and, I was going to say, so have you, have you set a goal for, the new year uh yeah yeah plenty loads uh <laughs> like specifics like i look it's all about now like just stepping on just one more level like and kind of making cuts at everything um like which i should have done at half of the amounts this year and brain for various different reasons some was brain dead swings made stupid mistakes others were like just bad decisions two bad decisions that i can remember and but no i want to there's a couple of tournaments that i really want to there's actually a couple of scratch cups i really want to play and and go well in uh, there's a couple of big events in donegal that i want to play well in so yeah that's that's there's there's two of those early on in the season so i know exactly where i want to be and i need to just practice well as opposed to practicing a lot i think mm. as well i could probably be a bit more clever in how i practice too to be honest um I still don't know, am I better when I practice a lot on the range or if I practice a lot in the course? It was actually, I think it was a question going around. Someone had it on a poll, like on a, as, not, as in a P-O-L-L, not a P-O-L-E, um, on a poll as to whether they're better <clears throat> or do they prefer practicing on the range or practicing on the course. I think I'm just going to go with a lot of course practice this year and just work on scoring. Like, obviously get to, like, as technically as a good a spot as I can for my swing doesn't have to be technically perfect but I know it works for me and then just practice scoring like get a card in my hand as frequently as I possibly can um or do a lot of kind of uh <clears throat> as I said a lot of practice on the course where it's there's I don't have 20 balls to hit the right shot and maybe have one or two chances to hit it mm. um hit the right shot that kind of thing so I think that's 
probably how the only changes that I'll really make. Um, but just spend a lot of time working on that kind of stuff. I haven't had a chance to think about my goals for next year. Um, well, uh, it's probably well, it's probably play consistently. Yeah, the calendar dictates like with that. Yeah. I think just the Golf Ireland calendar came out, so you're able to kind of see when the events are, etc. And think about it. Yeah, yeah. There's a couple of tournaments that um, bigger scratch cups that were announced, um, or collective tournaments. I suppose the best way to describe, as I said, a good a good few of them are up in Donegal that I'd like to do well in. So, uh, yeah, I just go and pin pin the ears back and try and play well in those. Very nice. I'd say, yeah, my my biggest goal will be to to be able to play consistently to six. So I think my problem is if I rocked up on a golf course without a proper warm up or whatever, I I wouldn't know what I'd get until I'm a couple of holes in. Whereas I think I <laughs> consistency, I think, is my biggest thing, and being able to kind of know when I step onto a tee within a shot or two how it's going to go. I I think that's I, look. I think I'll. Uh... I think that happens at varying levels depending on what level, what your handicap is. Like mm. when you're probably playing into mid double digits, I'd say it's like God knows what's going to happen. At least you have a fair idea. You'd probably be more aware of your, what your miss is, whereas mm. higher, and then it progressively gets uh, the the margin for error. The lower you get is um, is smaller and smaller and smaller. In that you can't like. I suppose off six, you can probably get away with two holes to settle you in because let's like, if you've got shots coming, it's great. Whereas the lower you go, you, you don't have two holes to like really to burn. Like you can't scratch anything. If you're playing stable fridge, you yeah. can't have doubles, etc. you know, or else you're, you're screwed. So yeah, I think progressively or relatively uh, or proportionally, I can't, don't, I can't think of what the right word is for that, but it applies at every level and every handicap. Oh yeah, big time. But yeah, I, I don't don't think I'm going to set a, a new <clears throat> handicap goal or anything like that for this year. I just wanted to try and just consistently be happy with how I'm, I'm playing. playing. Yeah, I think this brings us on to the final segment of today's episode. Yes, which is the Bogeyman Awards, <laughs> the <laughs> the the Golfer of the Year Awards, brought to you by the Bogeyman. Yes, um, as not as coveted maybe as the Jack Nicholas trophy or uh, uh not yet DP World Tour champion. Um yeah, okay. So you've obviously had a think. I've actually only had a think about the actual awards categories themselves. Oh, and a couple as of opposed to the actual individual who should yeah. win them. Okay. Um, we'll start off with PGA Tour golfer of the year. I mean hard to look past Rory. Considering he won, obviously at FedEx. Are you saying but, PJ Tour or just like men's professional golf again? PJ Tour. Let's just, let's just go with that tour. Oh, because I was gonna be really controversial and say that the PJ, the men's professional golfer, PJ Tour. Ah, uh, no, okay, he won on the PJ Tour, so I'm just gonna say it. Go on. I think you're probably gonna say Cam Smith. I am gonna say Cam Smith. But yeah, one see, five, so what on five different tours this year? <laughs> yeah. He's best player. He, he's, he's, pro- he's probably the best player in the world at the moment. Has, I would say. As a major, yep. Like, um, major, uh, players, like everything. One consistently everywhere. So I was gonna, I, I broke it down just basically to give like Ryan Fox an award, which is like the DP World <laughs> Tour Player of the Year. <laughs> but if, if you're going for an overall player of the year, yeah, it's, it's I was going to try and make the argument for Scotty Scheffler, 
and obviously what he did at the Masters and the year he had and the, yeah. the run that he had. But um, do the, the majors kind of count towards the PGA Tour, don't they? So the yeah. Open should count on that. Yeah, that's fair. Um, so Cam Smith for you, is, it's, it's pretty much impossible to blow past Cam Smith, really. Like, genuinely, this his year was outrageous. Like, he... Like, from the get-go, he, like, he was... Like he would he have got? Did he did he hold world number one this year? He did, no. didn't he? No, I never got there. Did he not get there? Sorry, I thought he did. No, because um, he he got to he was doing very well when Scotty Scheffler was world number one, and his the gap between Scotty and everyone else was just pretty crazy. Was for a too while. big, yeah. Um, it's like it's phenomenal. I I think of of what to be honest, what he did, I was just hugely, hugely, hugely impressed. Yeah. That brings up another question of it's super disappointing because you don't get to see him. You don't get to see him, but also it's really hard, apart from us saying that he's probably the best golfer in the world right now, it's really hard to comparatively see that because he's not playing against Rory and DJ. Well, well he's playing against DJ, but Rory and other guys. He's, yeah. Like he obviously played in the, the the Australian Open or whatever it was on the DP World Tour, but like that was, again, was a strong yeah. enough field, but like how many top 20 players in the world were at that like not not that many look true true um like <clears throat> i know it was kind of a joke like that you were well, not a joke but just a little game you played to try and meet his <laughs> that was not a joke <laughs> that was no joke like trust me <laughs> century tour champions 34 under par wins that um like God, that you, was this you look year. Back, Jesus. Yes, this is the thing. That's this season. So you go back to his the CJ Cup, T9, RSM Classic, T4, Century Tour Champions, first. Win. The Players, first. The Masters, tied third. The Open Championship wins it. Then splits across to uh, to live, Liv. wins over there. Um, then wins in Australia. And you're just like, this was like unbelievable like it genuinely like an incredible season yeah i i absolutely agree i just think it's really disappointing that he's probably never going to have another year like this unless he continues to just do like tied third or win majors because majors with, yeah yeah but with like with the way the owgrs are going it doesn't look like they're going to get rankings so he could he could continue to be this good a player, but we're just never going to see it on as many no. stages. <clears throat> Unfortunately, not. Like we're not going to see it on a week on week basis. But look, the way the Masters invites have come out, like he's going to be back in the Masters. Obviously, his mm-hmm. invites are going to be extended to the Open. Like he's going to be playing all of the majors, all of the majors. So we're going to see him five time, five four times a year in in those big ones. Um. So, like, if he comes back and he, he racks off, <laughs> racks off a couple of majors, like he, he could be one of the favorites going into the Masters, for example. Could you imagine Given, if he won a Grand Slam? Like, be not, phenomenal. Not, not necessarily get like the Tiger Slam doing it all consecutively, but with all the exemption he has, if he won a Grand Slam through not being on the PGA Tour, it would be like an unbelievable story. <laughs> it'll be so good to watch <laughs> like came close to winning two last year let's face it like yeah. it's not, it can't be a million miles <laughs> a million miles off it's 
it's just I just love to be able to see, love to be seeing him more because I just think he's he is a very likable chap. Made clear his intentions to move across because it suited his personal life more. Like he also made it book a lot of cash. Like mm. let's face it. Um, so the season we're getting off topic here now, but slightly. The live season for 2023 hasn't been announced yet. They fired their CFO or he resigned. I mean, resigned. Live, let's say Live Golf comes back to Centurion Club in London. Are you going in 2023? Oh, no. I, curiosity, would you go? I, I'm fully, like, if the calendar works, yeah, I fully intend on going. Just, yeah, be, just yeah. out of curiosity. I, don't, I, got, I have no great affinity toward Live. One way or the other, I think the where the money comes from is w- one thing, but the curiosity from, factor from there. all of the discussions that people have, yeah, people either hate it and they won't listen to reason about you know, why it might be good or entertaining. People yeah. either love it and won't listen to reason onto the other side of it. And I'd like to form my own opinion by going and experiencing it. Um, and so yeah, I I I'm going to try very very hard to go to that. Yeah, like five. Why not? Like you're going to see those guys up relatively closely, uh, as we saw from the crowd's perspective. There's not many people at these events. Um, yeah, like London Club is pretty interesting. It's one of the touted venues for Ryder Cup in 2031 or 2035, I believe. So you get to see that. Lev is going to be down in Valderrama this year. That is one of the events that they've taken. Um, they've taken the the event from the Greenbrier which is one of those random PJ tour events that, that exists, but like no one's going to be crying into the conflicts with that one, to be honest. Um, let's face it. But yeah, the, the Valorama one is interesting. Anyway, I, we we're definitely digressing from the awards. Mine okay. would be, uh, yeah. Golf of the year. Cam Smith. It would be Cam Smith. Yeah. Yeah. Cam fair enough. Um, I was going to break it into LPGA versus LET golfer of the year, but do you want to do female golfer of the year? Female, oh no, female golf year. I, I like I'm I'm an advocate of of pulling both both together. Um, it's Lynn Grant or Nelly Corder for me. I mean, Jin Young Ko has obviously had a great year. Minji Lee obviously winning the um winning a major, but Lynn Grant winning being the first female to win on the DP World Tour, winning four times on the LET, winning the race to Costa del Sol, and securing her LPGA card without playing a single event in the States is super impressive. Um, and then I think she had tied for 15th or better in each of the majors that she played in. Yeah. Um, okay. I, I, like, I get that. Uh, I get that you've gone down that route where with, and I, it's effectively a rookie season. Um, it is. Yeah. She also won rookie of the year. She won rookie of the year. Um Oh geez, I like not sure how you, I, I don't think I'd, I'd look past Lydia Ko, I have to say. Um look, you're not getting Ryan Fox as your New Zealander and on the male side, but we'll give you a give you New Zealander with Lydia Ko. Like scoring half ridges. What was the run this year that she went on without making part without making bogey? It was something it was something like pre- 60 odd rounds, like it was something preposter- stupid, like. like absolutely preposterous. Like it was by far, look, she was I, I, like, I'm looking back at her results here from the year and I, like cannot, I, I, I get the, 
I, I get the Lynn Grant piece. Um, I was at the uh, Scandinavian Mixed vibe was incredible. It was brilliant mm. to see the way she did go out and win it. But yeah, can't look past Lydia Ko for me to be honest. Um, one was the leader going in <clears throat> to this to race the CME into the finals. Um, goes wins that. Uh, wins the tour championship and takes home all of the all of the spondulies. Yeah. Um uh, like that it's it's pure copper, like picking the person who finishes first, but then again, first like, in the rest of CME. Like, yeah, yeah, but but I mean but, not much more than picking the LET equivalent. Like yeah, yeah, but it's it's not it's it's more so the way the yeah. way that it was done. It wasn't like uh, like it wasn't in it to me it wasn't in doubt as to as as the way she like like just dominated all year like at at everything like right through from like how many like was she outside the top twenty I think she was outside the top twenty twice all year yeah. on on the LPJ I'm actually looking at it here she had a tied forty six and she had a tied twenty six everything else she was inside top twenty and the majority then were inside top fifteen. But not, but with winning as well. It wasn't like she was just like kind of walking cash machine type, just racking off top twenties all the time, and and doing it that way. And she's picking up a win every five weeks, six weeks. What did she win? So she won BMW's Lady Championship. She won the Gamebridge won... in January. Uh, she won the. Uh, she won the BMW. Uh, she won the Tour Championship. She was third in the ascendant fourth in the cp women's open uh she was third in the evian she was the one that she was outside was the pj the women's pj championship um and yeah the rest were all top 10 top 15 that's fair enough I can, yeah i'll give you it i got a pass L- media co female golfer of the year yeah um, <laughs> tournament of the year. Before we get to the tournament of the year, there's only one. I can't like. It's, it's got to be the open. That's the open. It's got to be the open. open. St Andrews, the drama, yeah. everything like the disappointments. Rory's disappointments. Tiger, Rory meeting on first and eighteenth, passing at the guard. Cam Smith coming through, sneakily telling everyone that he's about to piss off to live, and then going and win it. Uh, Cameron Young steal nearly stealing nearly the stealing, eagle on the yeah. last, um, like everything, absolutely everything. Like a, a, the a fact that it was at St Andrews as well, and it was a pristine St Andrews, hard and fast, proper summer open championship. Like, and, and to me, like to be honest, everything always has to go a long way to be the open anyway to be tournament of the year. Um, but I don't think like you put St. Andrews beside it and it, it's just never beating it. It just never is beating it, to be honest. And I, I don't know what way it is. I think I think there's an element of it that the way the crowds are kind of just are circumferencing the 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 course. It's no there's no one down the middle of it. So you see a lot of wildness going on with it. You see a lot of you see a lot of familiarity, which I like. This is why. And we've, I've spoken about this before about the Masters. Everyone, the reason everyone loves the Masters, obviously, it's so familiar. familiar yeah. Or no, why it's so loved is because it's so familiar. Because everyone knows what the first looks like. 
everyone knows what the third looks like. Everyone knows what 12, 13, 14. No, 14 is actually one that people don't recognize as much, but everyone knows what 15 looks like. Par five over the water, 16, par three over the water, 18. Like the, you can reel off, the, the casual golf fan can reel off 10 holes there. And I feel that in, um, in St. Andrews, it's relatively similar. Yeah. Like yeah. Th- there's holes in the middle that people may not be as familiar with. Sure. Like that's fine, but there's holes like that everywhere, but it's certainly, I think there is that familiarity that, that does help in a, in a huge way. For sure. Especially when people will like, when I kind of got to the mid midpoint of the back nine and you get to that hell bunker and, and around that, that corner of the course, people are like, all right, this is big. Like that's hell bunker. Eh? Like you yeah. don't want to be in there. Like it's, it's um yeah, it's, it's hard. Well, like it's impossible to argue with the openness in Andrews this tournament of the year. Yeah, correct. Rookie of the year then across all the tours. So I guess your big winners were Lynn Grant on the LET, Aria Titicum on the LPGA. Um, Cameron Young, was he? Cameron PGA? Young, was your, he was PGA Rookie of the Year. Like... That's a tough category. Cam Young had a great year. Mm, I'll give it to you on Lynn Grant. I think it's probably Lynn Grant. Yeah. yeah. Okay, we can have that one. Villain of the year. This is just a fun one to finish it on. Pat Perez. Do you think Pat Perez? You know, oh, see, I think there's so many... There, there are so many nominees. That, I mean, like, you could just have this live as an entity. Um, Greg. <laughs> Greg, Phil... No, Phil is here. I don't know. Phil isn't. I don't know. But you got to think Phil, about how much like Phil, Phil went through with this one Phil's year. Phil's interesting. No, I, I think Phil is interesting that Phil probably doesn't get enough credit for how he viewed it in he, terms he of the Phil. amount of money he's after putting in PGA players' pockets. Like, look at the PIP, yeah. for example. Genuinely, look like like all of a sudden, oh, God, let's increase that by, let's double that. Let's give everyone who was in the top 20, 3 million quid. And then rise it up to what the tiger get 11, 12? Yeah. About that? Somewhere somewhere in the region of that. So So is this like a dark knight reference where he's not the hero that they want, but he's the hero that they need, type of thing? No, I think villain is probably the wrong word to like Phil did his damage and then disappeared last season. It wasn't very vocal across the year, in fairness to him like stayed away from the masters didn't feel like if phil was the villain or the archetype of villain he would have showed up at the masters and made a scene there he like he did show up the at the open but didn't really didn't say anything didn't say much likewise pga um did he sorry did he, he defend didn't, his he own didn't title? Go to the PGA. So that, sorry that point sorry is that he didn't even show up to defend his pga title for like i probably wanted to stay out of the line right now i know he was say he was on a mission to improve himself or whatever given <clears throat> given the comments early in the year but like i thought like villains coming out of out of that like it, like it's when you're when you're hearing the the over and backs and it, so it is going to come from a live or pga tour side really when you think of it another one is patrick reed and it's like his another ridiculous the renewed lawsuit against kind of <laughs> 820 Every, everyone in a golf channel basically yeah so he's uh yeah he's just quite a delusional weird strange individual it's such, it's, it's such a weird thing to do 
Yeah, I think mm. look, I think the villain when you when you go to and you're looking at the interviews and the backs and forth, like it is it is only Greg Norman who has that who can take that. But equally, if you fall on the side of Liv, you're certainly looking at like Jay Monaghan character as I nearly say Rory. If you're if you're ben, a big Rory, Liv yeah. fan, Rory's you know he's like Rory has stuck the boot in poster boy for it, yeah, for sure. Like and he has been like derogatory divisive um it's not selfish in the right words but certainly certainly self-righteous single-minded yeah a little bit self-righteous in terms of his some of his language that he's used um so yeah so like depending on what side of that fence you fall um it'll be jayman and rory or or greg which is weird to say but look, that yeah. just depends on on your on your opinion on it. Like, to be honest, I'd say <laughs> the tours in in themselves, I don't think are doing them any doing themselves any favors. I think like the PJ tour is the spot. Like, if you look at what's happening there, like with the rich getting so much richer and the poor getting so much poorer. Like, yeah. they have so many problems further down. From they're doing so much for the guys who are on the PJ tour, and yet so little for all of their feeder tours um including what they're eventually doing to to the european tour so like to say that they're without blame is ridiculous they're going they'll they'll be the authors of a number of downfalls i feel and like god the european tour could be like we see what's happening now in terms of in terms of the official world golf ranking piece now Mm -hmm. that's obviously down to the OWGR, but that's, that's such a mess at the moment, though. Oh but God. that, but what what it is doing is it is completely undermining the only loser in this is going to be the European Tour. Um, so this strategic alliance better get a little more alliancey and less strategicy, um, pretty quick because otherwise, the lads are out there playing for what were they playing for a million euros in Mauritius at the week at the weekend you will put that against you're you're down at as the I PNC said, which is a hidden giggle Price yeah, they got two, like, they, yeah 200 so they got actually more than Antoine Rosner did I think I believe for the actual like P- VJ Singh got for more for that yeah. so that puts it into context like big villain for me yeah that could actually be Oddly enough, the PJ Tour. Yeah, I'd say joint titles just between, yeah, give it to between PJ Tour and Liv, Greg, depending upon who what what side of the aisle you fall on. Yeah, I know. I go with Greg. No, I I'd, I'd eradicate like the PJ Tour is weird or the the Liv thing is just weird in ter- in terms of how it's run. We just know what that is like. It's just the individuals that are in it mm. is is it is driven. The narrative is, is being driven by Greg Norm. So. But, so I'll go with Greg, Greg and Jay Monaghan can, can share Greg the trophy. And, no, I'll give it to the PJ Tour. So by extension, Greg, or by extension, Jay Monaghan and and, uh, and Greg Norman. Yeah. Right. That's all the awards I think I had. Yeah, that's fine. Uh, what was your favorite course of the year? Play. Yes. Or to play. Um. We briefly spoke about this last week. I think, I think was, like I said in, in the last one, it was the most enjoyable favorite experience was our class i think i think we had a really fun day um the company that we that we kept for those couple of days was was fantastic um 
like yeah i i i'd happily make the the two-hour journey up to our glass most weekends to to play up there i love that place very good all right the awards were interesting we'll see now what the you know we, we could all be live's biggest advocates this time next year and well you're the one, you're the one going to the tournament pal an, obje- an objective observer buying you're drinking the kool-aid drinking the buying kool-aid. the kool-aid never mind drinking okay okay um i think that'll probably be us until 2023 unless we get both get really bored over the christmas break and just happen to what happened? There's plenty of walks in air, <clears throat> air commas to, to, to be had. So you never know. Yeah. People might need one more emergency ball. But no, I think that'll be it for 2022. So there we go. Yeah. Thank you, guys. It's been, we, we both posted to, to LinkedIn and our socials that the, the podcast is kind of, we were the top 10% of sports podcasts across Spotify for the entire year in 2022 which is a fairly mad thing to to think of i was saying this to my dad and and his partner and she was like this that's actually crazy that people listen like that many people listen to you talk about golf which is 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 very very true and yeah i've 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 enjoyed it and we're already talking about plans for for next year and events that we're going to try and cover go to what we're going to talk about and just more and more content so yeah yeah it's been fun there'll be plenty there'll be a lot more to come but thank you so much for for listening for 2022 there'll be plenty more coming for 2023 on the tee jack nicholas this is the minute the millions around the world have waited for we will allow you to enjoy all of this they are dancing in the pubs of dublin with an ace. And we have a shining star at sunset. Rory continues his run to greatness. The return to glory.